The Israeli Defence Force says it has captured a Hamas stronghold in northern Gaza after 10 hours of fighting, uncovering tunnel shafts and seizing weapons. The IDF has also promised a pause on military operations for four-hour periods each day, allowing Palestinians to head south and for deliveries of aid to be made. However, there are reports that the entire health system has all but collapsed in Gaza, with hospitals crammed, morgues overflowing, and doctors performing surgery without anaesthesia. Joining us now with an update is Dr Margaret Harris from the World Health Organization in Geneva. Good morning, Margaret. Good morning, Susanna. What is the biggest issue facing those trapped in Gaza? Food and water, actually. Everybody is starving. Wherever we go, people are, are desperate for food and water, but also fuel, because there is no fuel to run the hospitals and the generators and the electricity, and the electricity is needed to do things like run the desalination plants to get a little bit of water, even if it's brackish water, um, to run provide the electricity for the generators for the hospitals and increasingly more and more hospitals have just had to shut down um, at least 44%, but we're hearing more have had to shut down. We're also hearing overnight of strikes on hospitals and fires in um, the paediatric hospital, uh, the only paediatric hospital in the north, which uh, had uh, a considerable number of children on. Margaret, are you still there? I just heard you... We just possibly lost you mid-sentence. Oh, you Oh, no, there you are. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah, Yeah, we can. Thank you. So just coming back, that paediatric hospital in in the north and reports of strikes on it? Yes, we're hearing reports of a big fire there. And this is the Rantizi Paediatric Hospital, which is the only paediatric hospital in the north of Gaza and had uh, a considerable number of children on life support there and children needing dialysis, basically children who could not be moved. Uh, We are also hearing of increasing struggles for ambulances to actually get people to hospitals and strikes on ambulances. And we're just hearing loss of life of uh, medical workers. We know of at least 16 killed while on duty, but the numbers of medical workers killed at home while in their homes or or while out and about is much greater, something like 190. Let's talk about these four-hour pauses daily. What relief will they provide? So the... We have been able to get a couple of trucks of supplies to the north on Tuesday. It's very difficult and you have to ensure that you can um, do that safely. We have been the only organisation who have been able to get the medical supplies up there. Uh, That was on Tuesday. We haven't been able to get anything um, since then. And when we arrived with the supplies, and they certainly were needed, they said, yes, but if you've got food food and water, we're starving. Uh, So there's so much more, and you need much more than four hours. You need many, many more trucks. Only, um, you know, the number of trucks that have been able to get through in the past few weeks is only equivalent to what you would need in a day, a normal day. And this is a time when you've got surge, desperate amount of need created by the hostilities. You know, this is like dealing with an earthquake every day. Uh, An earthquake is created every day. Uh, And so the supplies you need are massive and we cannot get them in safely. We need a pause, more than a pause. 
And you've talked about the hospitals closing, more than half the hospitals in Gaza closing now. What's happening to the injured? How are injured people being treated or are injured people actually getting out? So this is, again, the big struggle. Uh, And remember, there are at least more than 2,000 people recorded as missing um, and more half of those are children so they just don't know where they are these are people under the rubble people who have not been able to be found now what's happening to the injured is if they can get somewhere where there is a medical worker they will do what they can for them but what they can do is increasingly limited because they don't even have uh, clean water or disinfectant to clean wounds. So increasingly, those who are injured and have now got very, very infected wounds. And even if they are patched up, they're, they're sent out immediately into massively crowded places where everybody is sheltering, where, say, for instance, in Khan Yunus Training Centre, which is one of the biggest shelters, you've got 600 people sharing one toilet. So, and, and the toilets are not flushing, remember, there's no water. Um, so you can just imagine how the level of hygiene, the hygiene is so poor that even if you are patched up, you're very likely to get in, your wounds infected. And, of course, we are seeing now a rise in the kind of infectious diseases you get under these circumstances, a huge rise in diarrhoea cases, particularly, again, among children under five, and uh, a huge rise in respiratory illnesses. So... What's the World Health Organization wanting to have happen? We want a ceasefire. Um, We want uh, a genuine humanitarian ceasefire. what we're calling for is unimpeded and safe access for humanitarian aid to all of Gaza, protection of healthcare at all times, that's not happening, evacuation of people who are in critical condition, so beginning to allow us to take people out and for a humanitarian ceasefire. We also, of course, and we would reiterate our call for the immediate release of all the hostages, along with urgent access to each of them and delivery of medical care to them. And what can the international community do? The international community has to get serious. We've had a meeting of the humanitarian meeting in Paris yesterday, and all those there said the same thing. We have to stop. But they're all talking in different ways. It's got to stop now. And those who've got the power to stop the warring sides from doing this must exert that pressure. Margaret, just to finish, do you think these four-hour pauses will continue? Can they be sustained? It's likely in that one of the main purposes is is to enable people to leave the area of most intense fighting. But as I said, we need more than a pause. We need a genuine ceasefire. Dr Margaret Harris, thank you very much. Margaret Harris from the World Health Organisation.